Welcome to a special instant reaction edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. Now, who the hell am I kidding? All right, who the hell am I kidding? I was going to do mostly instant reaction, a backlash, the WWE pay-per-view, but I am so freaking pissed off about everything right now. First of all, let me start with backlash. It's still going on, okay? It's still occurring, and I'm recording this at 11.16 at night. Now, maybe it's because I have a kid and I'm got, I've gotten old, but I'm freaking cranky. Can this thing be over by a quarter to 11? I mean, Jesus Christ, it's backlash. It's not WrestleMania. It's not SummerSlam. It's freaking backlash. And I know there's no rules anymore because they don't have to get off by a certain time, but there are human beings watching this thing that want to go to freaking bed, that want to go to sleep. And I know this is my own doing because I could go to sleep. I could just not watch Roman Reigns against Samoa Joe, a main event that doesn't even feature a damn title. But I'm a glutton for punishment. And obviously the other reason I'm pissed off is the Mets. And the thing is, I try to tell myself, I try to tell myself, look, look at the record. If somebody would have told you at the beginning of the season they'd be 17 and 15, wouldn't you be happy? And I guess, but watching this garbage over the last week, I think what's made it so painful in so many ways, I think there are two reasons. Number one, the fact that they teased us, the fact that they sucked us in with that damn start that they had, that even I, I'm not usually an overly optimistic guy, certainly Beningo isn't, but 11 and one and having fun. Here we go. I forgot what it feels like to lose. Everything's great. This is fantastic. Robert Gazelman's Wade Davis. Todd Frazier is such a leader. Oh my God. His leadership oozes through the locker room. And I feel like a moron. I feel like a moron because I really started to believe a lot of that garbage and started to believe that, hey, why can't they win the division? Hey, why not? And I think the last week, and it's been more than a week, but the reason I say the last week is the last week, it feels like I'm in the damn twilight zone. Every game, they're down early. Every freaking game, they're down 3 nothing before you can bat an eye. Every single time. And then the offense completely goes to sleep. Michael Conforto, when he does play, he had an at-bat today. It was the same result we've seen every other day. He's behind 0-2. He strikes out. The bullpen sucks. The starting rotation, at least the last two days, has been competent. But the offense sucks. And you know why the offense sucks? Because in a day and age in which everybody's got all this young talent, they're oozing with young talent, the Mets have a bunch of old men. That's their team. A bunch of old guys. And the young guys who are supposed to be a part of that core moving forward, they've been playing like crap. Ahmed Rosario, Michael Conforto, even Brandon Nimmo's cooled off a little bit. I know he's been fine. Just let me bitch, all right? Don't let facts get in the way of a good bitching bitching session, you know what I mean? By the way, if I'm slurring my words, it's not that I'm drunk. I don't even drink. It's that I'm tired. (laughs) Oh, boy, it's that I'm punch drunk. And I was enjoying myself watching Backlash because it's distracted me from the reality of the New York sports world. And I tweeted this earlier, and it's so true. So I'm sitting there. I got the Yankees on one TV. I got the Mets on another TV. 
And, and honestly, I really don't have anything against the Yankees. I know there's some Met fans out there that, you know, they want me or Joe or any other Met fan to just unleash this, this hatred for the Yankees, this just out-and-out hatred. I really don't have it. Oh, sorry, I thought Samoa Joe was about to beat Roman Reigns clean, and then I realized that's not going to happen. Anyhow, we'll, we'll get to the wrestling in a second, I promise. But today was one of those rare days where I got to admit, I got to be honest with you, and trust me, I won't say this tomorrow at 10 a.m. because I think the feeling will have passed by 10 a.m. tomorrow, but today was one of those days I hated the Yankees. Today was one of those days in which I was so, so, so angry when they're down 4 nothing. You know, and Mike Clevenger's throwing the hell of a game. And even if the Yankees lose today to the Indians, you know, I know some people will bitch about Aaron Boone's managing. They'll complain about the fact that Dellen Batantis came out for a second inning, which was stupid. And the way he handled his bullpen, even though it had been used a lot lately, it looked like a guy that said, ah, we're not winning today. You know that's true. We all forget that now because the Yankees won, but that was really, really true. So the Yankees are almost acting, Boone is acting like, ah, you know what, no big deal win this series, team's been playing great baseball, no Yankee fan, I mean, a few people may complain, but no one's going to go nuts. (laughs) And then, like I'm watching 1998, this offense just unleashes this comeback, and it's capped off by Glaber Torres, who, you know what, this may not be fair, but I'll say it, Glaber Torres is everything Ahmed Rosario isn't. I mean, it's true. It's true. So when you watch, and I'm telling you, I know things could be off by a second or two based on the way I watch games. Sometimes it's on a feed, so it's delayed a little bit. I'm telling you, Tomas Nito, who's forced to pinch it in a big spot because for many reasons, A, the Mets have a short bench, B, Cespedes got hurt. So Tomas Nito is up with the game on the line. And there is not any Met fan alive that thought Tomas Nito was coming up with a big hit. In fact, we all knew he was striking out. It was just a matter of how. Is it looking? Is it swinging? As Nito is ending the Mets' loss, their sixth in a row, a sweep at home, an 0-6 homestand, Gleyber Torres is hitting one over the center field fence. And I hated every second of it. And I was jealous of it and just bitter. And I still am. It's the same day. But I'm telling you, tomorrow I'll be fine. You know, maybe you're listening to this today, whenever the hell you're listening to it. I don't know. I can't, I can't think that far ahead to know when people listen to this stuff. I don't know. The point is, that moment in time was so horrible. I mean, it was so horrible. That moment of the Mets getting swept by the Rockies, 0-6 homestand. They are collapsing like it's nobody's business, and the Yankees are just pulling one out of their rear end. And I'm also jealous that the Yankees have an off day today, tomorrow, and the Mets have to play. I know they're playing the Reds, but geez, can you imagine the Mets going to Cincinnati and getting beaten up? Oh, I forgot to mention, the other reason why this is so painful is because you look at this team, and you could try to talk yourself into, it's early, it's May, you're never as bad as you are when you're bad, you're never as hot as you are when you're hot. You just know. You just know. They're not that good. They're not that good. Roman Reigns was about to beat Samoa Joe, and Joe put his foot on the rope. Let me get to a little wrestling. I'm going to go all over the place. I love the fact that Backlash is back, and this is the third straight year they've had it, because 
when they started creating, you know, when they moved away from In Your House, right? In Your House, Beware of Dog. In Your House, International Incident. In Your House, Where's My Pants? You know, In Your House, everything. They started naming these pay-per-views, and I always thought Backlash had the best name because it meant something. We are Backlash from WrestleMania. So I always liked that. I always think of the first Backlash, Rock, Stone Cold, and I think that's when The Rock had a funeral for Stone Cold Steve Austin on a Raw or something like that. My, My memory is foggy. So I'm a big fan of the name Backlash, and I thought this going into the event, and I think this right now as I'm watching the final few minutes of this main event, I'm not a fan of the the the, the do brand, the dual brand, the co-branded pay-per-views. I don't love it because that's for SummerSlam, that's for WrestleMania, that's for Survivor Series. I like the fact that they've had these pay-per-views on its own. And you know when I was proven right? Here's when I was proven right. Number one, the fact that it's still going on. And what time is it right now? Hold on one second. I'm recording this at 11.24. 11.24. Are you kidding me? It's 1124 and this thing is still on. So that's number one, the fact that it's still going on right now. Number two, how about that garbage they did in the middle of the show in which Elias, and I like Elias, and he's cool and he's got a nice gimmick. He's doing his thing. He's toying with the crowd. He's making fun of Bruce Springsteen. He's making fun of everybody. And then basically they use that segment to get the guys in who deserve to be on pay-per-views to get, excuse me, I just held back a burp, um, I just had a bagel with cream cheese. It tasted very, very good. But they needed to get these guys on the pay-per-view. That's what they did. So they have New Day come out. What a waste of time they are with their stupid pancake angle. Then Aiden English comes out to introduce Rusev Day, which everybody loves. And I'm a sucker for it, too, every once in a while. Then that No Way Jose guy comes out. No Way Jose, Jose Reyes. That's who I'm thinking about. And then Bobby Roode comes out, and he starts dancing like a, like a, like a moron. And I'm thinking to myself, the only reason they did this bit was because it's going to be three and a half hours of a pay-per-view, and they can't even get everybody on the card. I don't know why they're going to the dual-branded pay-per-view. You have a network, right? So you're not worried about buys. You're not worried about, hey, how many people are buying this pay-per-view. It's not like you have to worry about... What was that ECW pay-per-view they had? They had that one ECW pay-per-view, and it just bombed. It was awful. The, the main event was an elimination chamber extreme match, and it bombed. But you don't have to worry about a pay-per-view bombing because it's on the network. So I know they've got that commercial that I guess in Saudi Arabia was indecent, but they have that commercial with everybody singing and bragging about everybody's together. Isn't it wonderful? I don't really think it's wonderful. I don't think you need it. I think they have enough talent. And I'd rather see, and they look, they gave the opening match Seth Rollins Miz a lot of time, so I can't even complain that they don't give matches time. They obviously do. Look what time it is. It's 11.26, and it's still going on. So obviously they're giving matches time, but I don't think they need it. All right, Roman Reigns just speared Samoa Joe. I'm going to assume it's a 1-2-3. And guess what? I assumed right. Now, they're not off the air yet. But Roman Reigns defeats Samoa Joe in the main event, which I'll get to at the... I'll get to that eventually. Uh, I'll get to this match, which I have been watching. Even while I was bitching about the Mets and whining about the Yankees, trust me, I analyzed it very, very closely. But anyhow, I'm not a fan of pushing the brands together because I don't think they need to do it. And I think they cut back on the pay-per-views because 
They announced during Backlash that the next, and by the way, should I even call it pay-per-views? It's not really a pay-per-view. It's, a, it's an event. It's a big event. But they announced the next one of these big events is TLC, uh, table, not TLC, uh, the, the, the thing with the, oh my God, the thing where you cash in, oh, money in the bank. There you go. Money in the bank. And that's six weeks from now. And I remember last year, these events were every two weeks. Every three weeks, it felt like. So you got to wait as a, as a WWE fan. I love the Rollins-Miz match, by the way. I thought that was a really, really good match. I love the finish. I thought it was a very creative finish that turned into Seth doing the move that was banned, but now is back, the old curb stomp. I thought that was a very cool match. Hey, bottom line is, Miz is damn good, man. Miz is good. By the way, can I ask a dumb question? And I'm not ripping the backlash post show because I'm sure it's fantastic. But who would watch it now? That that would be my question. Like right now, the event's finally over. It's 11:30 at night. I assume people are tired. I mean, am I that really much of an old man to be that tired at 11:30? Who is sitting there after three and a half hours and saying, you know what I need? And maybe more if you watch the pre-show. I need more. You know, I need more of this. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad show. Maybe you'll watch it tomorrow on the WWE Network. I don't know. Maybe a few hours later. In fact, I'm so sick of it, I'm going to shut it off right now. i got to go find my remote, put something else on. I'll put, like, Cubs Cardinals on. Actually, that would depress me. I don't even want to see that. Uh, Rollins, Miz, actually the best match of the night, believe it or not. The opening match... I thought it had a good finish. And see, that's the thing, because I think Nakamura AJ was a great match, but the finish was dog crap. So to me, Rollins, Miz, opening match, match of the night. Nia Jax, Alexa, here's my only reaction to this. And I sort of feel dirty saying it, but I got to call it like it is. After the match was very awkward, okay? So Nia Jax basically starts talking emotionally about... You know, this is for those who have been bullied and be who you want to be and don't let anybody tell you what to do. And uh, the motive of it is is fine and it's wonderful. And who's a fan of bullying? Nobody's a fan of bullying, even though this is professional wrestling and basically the whole thing is bullying. I'm better than you. I want your title. Now I punch you in the face. I mean, that it kind of is bullying, but whatever. And I understand that WWE does a lot of good stuff with that, but the crowd was just, you know, whating all over it. And I'm not even mad at the crowd because the crowd's not thinking about the real world. They're not thinking, hey, by booing, am I really supporting bullying? No, you're thinking about the fact that you don't want to hear this right now. So poor Nia Jax is out there after she retains the smacked, oh no, I'm sorry, the Raw Women's Championship. And the crowd is just, the crowd is just, you know whating all over this anti-bullying promo. But I want you to think about this, everybody. Everybody, at 11.30 at night, I'm making a very good point. The idea of professional wrestling is bullying. Just, just let that marinate for a second. Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, I didn't care. There was nothing about this match that made me care. Here's the rule of thumb that I have. If a match occurred a decade ago, a decade ago, and that was for a world championship. And now it's a decade later. And both guys, to me, are just overrated. I got to be honest with you. Both Orton and Hardy, they've had their moments. At this point in time, in 2018, who gives a crap about either one of them? I'd rather see Brother Nero out there right now. 
So I didn't care. I didn't care. Now, was I surprised that Jeff beat him clean? Kind of. I mean, what is Randy Orton doing right now? You know, if you're Randy Orton, what's your plan? You've been in this company for a very long time. You've won the title a million times. You are a Hall of Famer, despite what, you know, some two-bit radio host in New York thinks, me, that he's overrated. He is a Hall of Famer. I admit that. Where, where, where does he go here? He's mid-carding and losing clean to a guy who, at his best, was never as big as you. If I'm Randy Orton, I'm talking to my agent tonight, saying, where are things going? The Daniel Bryan big cast match. Look, I love Daniel Bryan. I think he's great. I'm excited that he came back, and he had to win, and I'm glad he won. I think the, the angle is kind of awkward. You know? You got two returning guys going up against each other, and I, I don't know what Big Cass is ever going to be. I know that Vince probably likes him. I like him big. He's a big man. You know, so I'm sure he loves him. But when you have two returning guys, they both need wins. And so Big Cass tapped like a little, you know, it rhymes with, I have an itch. That was my only issue with that. And I also feel like the feud is boring now. Okay, so Big Cass attacks him, so now they're going to fight a few more times. What does that mean? Does that mean Daniel Bryan's going to beat him a few more times? The Carmella-Charlotte match was... was uh, uh, You want me to be honest with you? I didn't see it. I'll tell you why I didn't see it. So I'm sitting in my room, I'm, or the, the TV room, if you will. We're watching the pay-per-view. My wife is even with me. She's passed out. We were watching a little bit on one of the TVs, American Idol. Now she's passed out while this pay-per-view is going on. And then all of a sudden, my son wakes up. Jet wakes up. He's been in the crib for about three, four hours. That's my job. My job is to make sure I can kind of coerce him back into the crib. That didn't work out very well. So I was rocking him, rocking him, rocking him. I didn't really bother to take my phone out and put the WWE Network on my phone. So I have no idea what happened. Now, I, I read that Carmella won, so good for her, but that's the only insight I could add. Now, when AJ Nakamura starts, that's when I, the timing was great, I take my phone out while I'm doing the rocking, and I say, all right, let me continue watching this event. At that point, I'm starting to give up, because Jed is just, he's not in the mood to go back to sleep, or he is in the mood to go back to sleep, but I can't get him in the crib. See, I rock him, then I try to place him in the crib, and then he wakes up. So thankfully, my wife said, listen, hon, I know you want to do this podcast tonight, so I'll take care of Jet. Don't worry about it. So what is Jet doing right now? Driving my wife nuts. That's what he's doing right now. So that's my breakdown of Carmella Charlotte. Did you enjoy that? I thought AJ Nakamura was a great match. I really did. And we got, what's the cool way of saying blood? They got color. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> They got color in this match because AJ started bleeding. And I love that. I love that. Because it reminds me of the way it used to be. And I know it's not real, real. I mean, maybe it is real, but it's not real, real in the sense of, you know, they're bleeding and the cops need to be called. You know, you know what I mean by that? Like, I like blood. Not on me, but in wrestling. I like it. I think it adds to a match. And I thought it added to this match. I really did. And I think it came on the chair shot. But I thought this was a really, really good match. But what I was wondering about as I was watching it was, 
Number one, there's no way Nakamura wins. And the reason I knew Nakamura wasn't going to win is because it wasn't maining eventing the night. You're going to have a WWE title change and have it not close the show? And you're going to have a non-title match close the show? Give me a break. No way, no how. So I knew Nakamura wasn't winning. And then I said to myself, they're going to put AJ over again. They had a schmoz finish at the quote-unquote greatest Royal Rumble, which it wasn't, but whatever. That's for a different day. There's no way that Nakamura's winning. And then they go with that BS, let's both kick the other one in the nether regions gimmick. And then the referee in a no-DQ match says, hey, both guys can't answer the bell, let's throw this out. Now, the good news is, that means we're going to get another Nakamura-AJ match. I'm betting a ladder match, which I think will be fantastic. I think that's the next evolution here, a ladder match. But it kind of sucks that you didn't get a conclusion now in two straight AJ Nakamura matches. And it also bothered me that even with that kind of a garbage finish, that you have a pay-per-view or a special event, whatever you want to call it, and the WWE title can't even main event it. You have a non-title match between Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Let's make Roman look strong again event. And the WWE title can't even main event it. Kind of sucks. That tag team match, Lashley and Strowman and Owens and Zayn, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know what to say about it because who cares? Wake me up when Lashley and Braun turn on each other. That's going to happen. And obviously, we already got the seeds for a KO Sami Zayn turn because we haven't seen that match 5,000 times. Let's put these guys together so we can break them up and maybe that'll take the, uh, the, I'm trying to think of a word here staleness off that match. And I know they'll, they'll bring the house down. They'll be great. They're both fantastic. But, you know, they have fought 5,622 times. Look it up. Accurate number. And as far as this main event is concerned, it, here's the thing about it. So I get it. Roman Reigns is big and he's strong and Vince loves him and fans love him and hate him and everything in between. I, I just, what are we doing here? You know? What are we doing here? If, if this guy is the man, why didn't he just beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? I mean, they're going to drag this out even more because isn't it inevitable that Roman Reigns is the guy to knock off Brock Lesnar? That, that is the inevitable result. So what are they waiting for? You know, I remember I did a podcast um, uh, right after WrestleMania And I was stunned, obviously. I mean, I was stunned that Brock Lesnar beat Roman Reigns. I was stunned that they went in that direction. And the point I made then, and now it's been, what has it been, a month now? Okay, well, where are you going with this? Okay, so Brock Lesnar retains. What's next? They schedule their match, a rematch, at the quote-unquote greatest Royal Rumble. And it was a fine match, and it had a weird finish that I I guess was kind of screwy at the end because... Roman puts him through the cage, and then did Roman hit the floor first? Whatever. And now what? Now Brock's gone for 18 months. So Brock comes back, and what happens? Does Roman just beat him at SummerSlam? So I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air about what the hell they're doing right now. And I'm not up in the air in the fact that I hate the idea that Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe, the returning Samoa Joe, comes back and jobs to Roman Reigns. 
Make Roman look strong. Oh, he already is strong. How much stronger does this guy have to be? Does he have to beat seven guys at one time? Like, was this even necessary tonight? We get it. Roman is amazing. He's so strong, and he can't lose to anybody. We get it. Now what? Just make the stupid guy champion already. At least if we were going to make Roman strong and beat everybody, at least let him be champion the way John Cena was. You know, go all the way with it. I'm sick of Roman chasing. I am. Just give him the stupid belt. Just give it to him already. And have I mentioned Michael Conforto is always behind 0-2? Has Michael Conforto ever been ahead of the count? Has that even ever happened? He's always 0-2. That's his biggest freaking problem. Now, let me get to these injuries, all right? The DeGrom thing I'm not worried about because when they first announced that Jake was going to pitch Monday, it was kind of odd. Like, really? Jake's just going to come back? So the idea that the Mets are, as of now, pushing him back from one start... I'm okay with. Now, if Jacob DeGrom does not start Sunday in Philadelphia, panic city as far as Cespedes. If Cespedes doesn't play by Wednesday, panic city. Here's another one. If the Mets can't win the first two games against the Cincinnati Reds, freaking panic city. Freaking panic city. That's where I'm going. And can Jay Bruce do something? I mean, where's his head right now? I know it's May. I know it's May. It's only May. But you know what? The, 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 the sucking in that we had, you remember that whole thing, 11 and 1, life is great. That whole thing is really frustrating. And by the way, I'll point something out. I haven't even mentioned Matt Harvey's name because Matt Harvey being DFA'd, was not stunning on Friday, but it hit me like a ton of bricks and it started making me think about all the different highs of Matt Harvey and how, not that it's stunning based on what's happened over the last few months, but it is stunning when you go back two years. If you went back two years to this date, so it's 2018, so if you went back to early 2016 and someone told you Matt Harvey isn't going to be a Met because he's going to be DFA'd, you'd think they're nuts. I mean, you would think it's Nick and Babylon. Or some troll. That's what you would think. So it kind of hit me on Friday. Hit me a little bit Saturday. I talked a lot about that on the Saturday show. I got to tell you, by the time I was watching the Mets Saturday night, I forgot all about Matt Harvey. And I still feel that way. I've totally forgotten about him. Oh, one other thing I want to bitch about, and then we could end this, you know, smorgasbord of a podcast. PJ Conlon, no offense to him. Because who knows, maybe he'll come up and put six scoreless innings I've watched him a little bit in spring training over the last couple of years. He's a soft-tossing left-hander. But you have Seth Lugo, who has no role whatsoever. I mean, the guy is confused in the Met bullpen right now. Seth Lugo deserves an opportunity to enter this rotation. Corey Oswalt deserves an opportunity to enter this rotation. And before you give me any facts, like, well, but Corey Oswalt started yesterday, you moron. I don't care about facts, all right? It's close to midnight. Facts don't count around here. Just emotion. Anyhow, I want to congratulate Glaber Torres for being the greatest baseball player of all time. I want to congratulate the New York Yankees as they are well on their way to 125 victories. And I want to congratulate Mickey Calloway. It's amazing after the start that he got off to 
that he was only going to be lasting one year as manager of the Mets. I want to congratulate him as well. My name is Evan Roberts. This has been a very special podcast. I guess I'll label it instant reaction of backlash and a lot of irrational bitching. That's what I think it was today. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'm thinking for the next podcast, I had this idea that I would take phone calls. Like like we're on the fan. I was thinking about that. How am I going to pull that off? How are you going to be able to be a part of it? Stay tuned. Good night, and God bless.